Good morning. Happy Father's Day to our fathers in attendance and those who are online. We uh, come this morning in the middle of a sermon series on the fruits of the Spirit. And uh, today we're going to talk about peace. Let everybody get those seasonal allergies out. Here we go. There you go. Colossians 3, starting in verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray together. Father, as we read these words, we are reminded that you are so, so good. And we pray that as we uh, look deeper into your text, we pray that, Father, you will just open up our hearts and our minds to your word. We pray that you'll guide and lead this conversation this morning. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. We say thank you again, and in Jesus' name, amen. Paul says for us to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. The rule here is used to describe the ruling of a judge or referee. Did anyone have the chance to see the Lady Vols play their final game last week? I guess it was two weeks ago now. Florida State sent in their freshman star pitcher, about mid-game. The refs kept calling this illegal pitch call. Now, I don't follow softball, and so I didn't know there was an illegal way to throw a ball, but she was doing it. And it really didn't matter what others thought, if you think about it. The fans, they were furious. They were upset. They kept yelling at the umpires. The coaches were upset. They kept coming out and yelling at the umpires. But you know what? It didn't matter. Because their call ruled, right? Let the peace of Christ rule. Let it be the umpire that makes the decision in your life that there will be peace and let it have the final say in your heart. Today, I want to define the word peace and look at peace of Christ within the context of the scriptures. How do we allow God's peace to rule our hearts? Now, the problem with the selected text that I gave this morning is it doesn't provide one simple definition. There are layers to peace. 
as Paul uses a general Greek word for peace in this passage. And therefore, I hope that we can allow the whole of Scripture to let us know what we know about Jesus so that we can formulate a good definition to the question, what is the peace of Jesus? What is the peace of Christ? Well, we're going to start with this layer of definition. The peace of Christ is the confidence we have in the sovereign God. Peace of Christ is the confidence we have in a sovereign God. It is the lack of worry. It is the lack of anxiety because we trust the sovereign God. And if you look at the life of Jesus as it's told in the Gospels, you see Jesus walk in this way with a lack of peace, with a lack of worry, with a lack of anxiety, with total peace in the sovereign God. And one of my favorite examples of this is found in Luke's Gospel 9 and verse 51. It says, as the time approached for Jesus to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. Jesus knew that it was his time to be taken up to heaven, and he sets out resolutely. It sounds like Jesus has some peace in the sovereignty of God. Jesus knew that he would be betrayed. Jesus knew that he would be put on trial. Jesus knew that he would be beaten. He knew that Jerusalem was the place where he would be crucified. But he displayed confidence in the sovereign God as he set out resolutely for Jerusalem. Can we have this kind of confidence in our life? Can we allow the peace of Christ to rule us in this way, that without anxiety, without worry, without doubt, that we can dig down deep and have confidence that we serve a sovereign God. And I believe a lot of that comes with our trust in his word. Author Paul Powell writes, many say that the Bible is old-fashioned, and he says, well, so is the sun, but without it, men grope around in darkness. And so is the air, but without it, men gasp and die. So is water, but without it, men go mad. In the midst of complexities of life, don't forget the Holy Bible. Believe it, read it, heed it. It holds the key to life. And if you struggle with worry, I would say, if you struggle with anxiety, I encourage you to run to the Word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit and God's promises to transform you into peace. Trust that God will see you through. But be warned. The counterfeit of peace is apathy. 
Paul doesn't say let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts because nothing matters anyway. No, he said be thankful. And Jesus didn't set out resolutely because we're all going to die anyways. No, he had a trust in a sovereign God who had a bigger plan. All right, let's talk about this second layer of definition that we want to discuss this morning. There is a piece of Christ that is oneness with one another, a oneness with others, a peace with each other. And Paul says, as members of one body, you have been called to peace with members of one body. We, there is oneness. And he encourages us to lift one another up in word and in song. Peace of Christ is not only confidence in a sovereign God, but it's also reconciliation with your fellow man. If you remember the Sermon on the Mountain, in, in, G, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus teaches a different way of living, doesn't he? Now in chapter 5, that he says that murder is bad, but so is hating your neighbor. In fact, he goes even further than that. He says this about your neighbor in chapter 5, verse 23 through 24. He says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar... And there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift right there in front of the altar. First go and reconcile to them and then come and give your gift. Jesus takes relationships seriously. So seriously that he says, pause your act of worship to God and reconcile with one another be one with one another and then come back and offer your worship to God Stan Makita was a 1960s Canadian professional hockey star the dude used to get into all kinds of fights during games but he stopped when his eight-year-old daughter asked him a very grown-up question. Daddy, how do you score goals when you're always in the penalty box? <laughs> and that, my friends, is some wisdom. We got to put down our gloves, and we got to work together. If you read through the context of today's passage, you'll see that just a few verses previous to today's conversation, he says, Paul says to clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. All those adjectives have to do with what? Relationships. Compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. They all have to do with relationships. And then he says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. We must be reconciled with one another. You see, Paul is really concerned about church members getting along and being one. And so peace isn't just a confidence that God is in control 
but it's also a reconciliation with one another. It's oneness with one another. Now, you could probably see where this final layer is going to because it's just as important to understanding the peace of Christ in our lives. Peace of Christ is reconciliation with God. We have peace when we trust God. We have peace when we are reconciled to one another, when we have oneness. And of course, we have peace because we are reconciled with God. It's a foundational layer to this definition. We love others, why? Because Christ loves us. We forgive others, why? Because God forgives us. We reconcile with one another because God took that first step of reconciliation with us. And that empowers us to take the first step of reconciliation with one another. We forgive because God forgave us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that so from now on regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new has come, right? And verse 18 says, all of this is from God. We are a new creation, he says, because all of this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. He and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation, that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, he said, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Do you see how foundational reconciliation with God is? It gives us peace with God and therefore peace with others. Her name is Lucinda Norman, no relation to Darren. It was the Christmas season, and she was at the mall shopping. People were pushing and elbowing and cutting in front of her all day long. There was a 10-minute, 10% off special, and a woman grabbed a gift right out of Lucinda's hands. It said, mine. Lucinda yanked it back, and she won. And so you can imagine, by 4 p.m. that day, Lucinda was not in a good mood. <laughs> she met some friends at the mall restaurant, flagged down her server, and she barked at the waitress. She said, I need some hot tea now. And the waitress snapped back, I'm not your server, wait your turn. And she said, lady, I've been waiting my turn 
all day long. Bring me some tea. But the waitress ignored her. A few moments later, a young man came to her table and said, Hey, I'm Rob, and I'll be your waiter. And after he took their order, a young man came to her table. I'm sorry, after that he took her order, Lucinda watched Rob as he helped this rude waitress with her tray. He greeted other customers and staff with a smile on his face. And in the midst of the hurried customers and the chaos of the season, he was polite, he was unhurried, and he was calm. And when he refilled her tea, Lucinda noticed a silver ring on his hand made of connecting letters spelling Jesus. And so Lucinda Norman writes, From that moment, my attitude changed. This young man's example had reminded me that the peace of Christ needed to rule in my heart. And for the rest of the day, she enjoyed shopping. She opened the doors for others. She let others in front of her in the checkout line. And she had an overall atmosphere of peace. Lucinda experienced a life-changing power of peace. It's in Galatians chapter 5 that we read that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit is completely changing and transforming our lives through the power of the resurrected Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is our way of reflecting Jesus where we live, work, and play. And so let the peace of Christ rule. As we move into our time of communion, I want to encourage us to reflect on that sacrifice that gives us peace. As we sing, I invite you to go to one of these three communion stations and take the cups. The cups represent the body and blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you to hold those cups at your seat as we sing. And then I believe Austin this morning is going to come forward and share a few more thoughts. We'll take those cups together. Will you pray with me, please? Father God, thank you for peace. I'm thankful that we are able to have peace in the midst of worry and anxiety I pray that each one of us will grow in our trust and our faith in you as sovereign. Father, we're thankful for the peace that you brought within our brothership and our sistership. That, Lord, you have reconciled broken relationships over and over again. And I pray, Lord, that because of your reconciliation that you gave us on the cross, I pray, Father, that that will encourage us to take the first step to reconcile with one another. Allow your peace to rule in our hearts. And I pray that peace will be an ambassador of your goodness and your love to this world. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name.
Amen.